It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life brings you interviews with some of the most inspirational and influential people in the world. It's our goal to educate and empower you so you can live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. We have another great show for you today. Millionaires are created every minute of every day. Some take years to accumulate wealth, while others do it quickly. According to today's guest, Mark Victor Hansen, with just a few extra minutes a week, a little more effort, and money invested in the proper places, anyone can become financially successful. Mark is the co-author for the Chicken Soup for the Soul book series, setting world records in book sales with over 500 million copies sold. He has inspired and helped people around the world become millionaires. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. My great pleasure. Thank you. And I'm elated. Well, Mark, I'm elated that you're here because I know that it's your personal mission to create millionaires. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say that can help us create financial abundance. My goal is to create a million millionaires. And there's one right, easy and perfect, acceptable way to each and every one of us. You know, because there's millions, there's a million ways to make a million and there's one for you, one for everybody. That's what's so astounding. And if you look around, you can see that that's true. Mark, you've been working for years teaching people how to create financial abundance and achieve success. What do you believe are some of the biggest mistakes we make when it comes to creating wealth? Well, first of all, I think the biggest mistake is you don't study self-help action books. And all of us are born over endowed with 18 billion brain cells, but they have to be laser beam focused on, on the fact that you want to be a millionaire. And you got to write down a little three by five card and carry it in your pocket wrapped in a hundred dollar bill. So you feel prosperous and don't spend a hundred dollar bill unless there's an emergency. But it's got to say, I'm so happy I'm on schedule to make a million dollars by doing X that's acceptable, believable, understandable, and achievable. In my case, you know, Jack and I, when we wrote Chicken Soup of the Soul, we nestled a half billion books. It took us three years to write the book, and nobody wanted to publish it, 144 rejections. But we, spouses, said, get, get out of here. This isn't going to work. You know, don't mm-hmm. you guys believe smart people? And no, you got to own your own stuff. And we owned that we were going to sell a million and a half in a year and a half. Came out June 28, 1993. And we said, in a year and a half, by Christmas time, we'll sell a million and a half. Well, truth is, we were a little short. We sold a million three. But then next year, we said we'd sell five million and then 10 million and then 15, 15, 15. And you keep doing that, and pretty soon you sell a half billion books. You say that anyone has the ability to become a millionaire. Are there characteristics that most millionaires share? They have a total 100% belief in themselves. They decide that their work ethic is unrequited. So to somebody that doesn't understand their pragmatism, they look ruthless. So Mark, what do you say to someone who's listening right now, who is ready to become a millionaire and has a dream, but when he or she shares that dream with other people, there's always someone that has a negative comment or tries to belittle that person's dream. What do you say about those types of comments? That's God's favor to you to make you stronger, not weaker. And they're usually called relatives, they're usually called associates, or sometimes called business partners, or sometimes called spouses, mm-hmm. and kids, family, and parents, right? And are you going to get resistance, which is what you said just a minute ago? Yeah, the resistance is to make you strong enough 
so but the, by the time you get big, you can handle all kinds of resistance that you couldn't handle when you're weak. Like when you're, you know, in elementary school, you're learning the ABCs. Are you sure? Certain most people can't write, you know, Shakespeare yet. As you keep going, you get to have the ability to. You know, be a creative, innovative writer, a creative innovator. You created the millionaire equation. What is it, and how important is this process in creating wealth? Well, the distilled essence of it is you've got to figure out what you want. So you say, and we use Henry Ford, I want an automobile. Then you've got to write down all the things that you would do in that process to get from here to there. Then you've got to get a team together, and we do, we acronym the word team together over and accomplishes miracles. And then you put it together, and then you've got to go execute today to become a millionaire and in, in what we call a disruptive exponential economy, you've got to be able to have a disruptive product that is actually superior, innovative, and different. Mark, in a lot of your work, you refer to enlightened millionaires. And it's my belief that the old way of doing business is over, that um, killer be killed or all is fair in business mentality. I believe that it's being replaced with a spirit of collaboration and partnership. Do you agree? Do you believe that that's a new trend? Yep. I, I think there's still a lot of killer instinct in a lot of people. So I, I'm saying it's not over. Uh, the warrior spirit is certainly not gone from humanity. And it comes out of being fearful. And, and once you have enough, you start to become more faithful, meaning that if you're 100% full of faith, that you know you can do something, you're going to do it because the law of vibration, and, and we're all vibrational beings in a vibrational universe, uh, law of attraction says what you think of my cliche would be what you think about comes about so in my case i wanted to be world's best-selling author you know you keep thinking about it and bingo we are and now i want to be the guy that brings clean green sustainable energy to the world you know with solar wind hydro in-stream auger turbines and and some pulsating wave technologies so we have ample water because the words in the world are going to be fought over water and energy. And I said, well, I'm big enough, strong enough, connected enough that I can do something about it. So that's my new vision. And, and we're executing that with my company, Metamorphosis Energy, which we can talk about later. I didn't mean to get yeah. off the topic. No, I'm just but, no, no, Mark, but I'm glad you did, because I think that there's an important point here. Many of us were raised with the thought that money is evil, or if you want too much of it, you're greedy. But really what you're saying here is that money is, it's just an exchange and there's nothing wrong with having it and wanting a lot of it because when you do have a lot, like the type of work that you do, you have the opportunity to help others, to give back, and, and that really makes money a good commodity. Right, because money is a spiritual substance and the, the line is actually the love of money is root all legal meaning. If, if all you're obsessed about is money, like Scrooge was in that great Charles Dickens uh, story we all had to read in high school that's it you know if all you do is obsess over if i have enough money i'll have power which is it, it is an amazingly it, greed is a sickness and all of us have a greed gland but you know you need to be able to monitor and temper your greed glands you say am i doing this in an honest ethical moral uplifted omni beneficial meaning all beneficial way uh, for myself, for humanity, for the future, and for the legacy that I'm going to leave, because we're all creating a legacy. And when you have the opportunity to earn money, it is our obligation to give back. I mean, look, look at the work you do. You support various charities, such as the March of Dimes, 
Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross. It is an obligation for us to give back when we have abundance. Right. I believe the triangle that we teach in the book is you got to learn, then you got to earn, and you got to return. And I believe from the get-go, you got to return 10%. Now, after you pay your taxes, you're still supposed to do, you know, 10% to whatever it is that you believe is right. If that's spiritual, then it's your church, temple, synagogue. You know, it is to the charities like we've done that. And then you're supposed to get into a surplus zone where you can take care of, like I'm still working with Habitat for Humanity here. I live in Arizona. I just did a fundraising talk called Innovative Philanthropy Forum. And and now we're doing the same thing with the Audubon Society and a lot of other people, but all of them are necessary. The March of Dimes, everyone. And what you want to do is be big, strong, and then helpful. When the Red Cross was out of blood, we came out with chicken soup that sold the third helping and we dedicated 10% of the profits and that to the Red Cross. But because they're out of blood, I, I was working with chiropractic so much. I asked all the chiropractors at the time, I think there are 77,000. I said, look, you guys and ladies have all been my friends, been my seminars. I'll tell you how to run million-dollar practices. What I'd like you to do, and we did a chicken soup with the chiropractic soul. What I'd like you to do, though, is call 800-GIVE-LIFE. That's still the number for the Red Cross. And if you've never given blood, give it because someday if you need blood or your kid needs blood or your spouse, if there's no blood in the end, we don't have pseudo blood yet. So you're called dead. This is like a silly idea. All of us can give blood just at least once in your life. You ought to give, you know, a pint of blood. It makes you younger actually because it creates new cells. So I got them to send out to their 25 million monthly customers that had been deactivated and said, come in, give a pint of blood this day or this week and we'll reactivate you. And uh, it's free free adjustment and all the chiropractors did it and we got a year and a half worth of blood cryogenically frozen and we went from dehydrated with one idea to rehydrated now you say does that cause wealth well <laughs> we sold so many books we sold a year's worth of books in a month that that was happening just because everyone said wow these guys are really good i had to really read that book and we solved a problem that no one else could solve so you take two negatives no sales for my book at that time it was a brand new book and no blood in the end. It was, and it becomes a win-win. Yeah, they won, I won. The point is we're at the most exciting time in history and media would show it's the most negative time in history. It's actually the most positive if you're awake because an entrepreneur says, hey, wait a second, how do I turn this negative into an opportunity? Well, all it takes is one idea. And my teacher in graduate school was Dr. R. Buckminster Fuller, Einstein's best student. Dr. Fuller said real wealth which is what we're talking about here, is R, real wealth. RW equals I times E, ideas times energy. Well, you have the idea, and then you use all that vital life force energy of your mind, your heart, your soul, and you inspire somebody else to help you. I'm pretty sure you pull off magic. I mean, it was my idea to do this thing for the Red Cross. Red Cross had the services, had the mobiles that would go out to the doctor's offices, scheduled it, and they couldn't believe people were lined up to give blood. Everyone listening are here to create. Now, you can create a lousy life and do the same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing. Or you can go say, hey, wait a second. If I was really using my vital spirit and I want to look back on it, what is it that I would like to create and have a juicy, zesty, exciting life that looms with possibility, interesting people, nice travel, and, and just be excited at the fiber of my being? That's what it seems. That's what you're here to be. Okay, Mark, so someone's been listening to you and that person says, okay, I'm sold. I'm ready. I'm going to change my life around. I want to be a millionaire. Give that person a practical tip or two that he or she can implement right now to begin the journey. Well, like I said, and it's going to sound self-serving, 
but they ought to read One Minute Millionaire. They ought to read Think and Grow Rich. They ought to read The Richest Man of Babylon. But if you get started there, then there's a hundred self-help action books. But if you start to read that stuff, what it does, it does old Zig Ziglar's line. Zig would call it a check up from the neck up. It's from the neck up, you go up. And right. you need to be revitalized daily. That's what's so amazing. And like one of the guys that I like watching spiritually is Joel Osteen. And what Joel does is says, here's all the positive, good, great things each and every one of us can do. And, and it's to build high vitality self-esteem. The book is The One Minute Millionaire. If you would like to get more information about Mark and his work, you can visit his website, markvictorhanson.com. Mark, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? That they can really be it because you got to be it before you can do it and do it before you have it. That's number one. And, and I want everyone to be positively and correctly rich. And because it's only rich people that employ all the rest. But every millionaire creates 10 jobs. Every billionaire creates 10,000 jobs. So, and there's more than enough for everybody. That's the point. There's enough that all of us can be a millionaire if that's important to you. And, and you've got to decide to do it, and then you've got to do it. So we wrote in the One Minute Millionaire, they're starters and finishers. And most people are good starters. I'm going to go be a millionaire. But then you got to be a finisher. you got to go do the work. Mm-hmm. And the work is painful. Sometimes it's distasteful. I guarantee you won't get all the sleep you want. You won't have weekends off. You don't get to go golfing or playing tennis or whatever your sport of choice is or fishing. Because it, it is work, which sometimes is a little hard to do. And it, it's a struggle and it's a challenge. But that's what makes it rarer that everybody's not a millionaire. They could be, but they're not yet. Mark, thank you so much for being here with us and for providing strategies to help us gain financial success. By implementing what you're teaching, we can be wealthy and rich. So thank you for spending time with us. I want more for everybody listening than they want for themselves, probably. I wish them all great and expanding success. This is Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Stay with us. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life has a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life 24-7. Visit CYACYL.com. And be sure to tell your friends. It's time for To Your Health. Joining me today is Dr. Lorraine Maida, a functional and integrative medicine physician who practices anti-aging medicine, executive health, hormone replacement therapy, and weight management. She's the author of Vibrance for Life, How to Live Younger and Healthier. Dr. Maida is here today to discuss the benefits of vitamin K. Welcome, Dr. Maida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. Dr. Maida, we hear so much about vitamin D and calcium for bones, but why do we need vitamin K? What does it do? Think of vitamin K like a magnet. 
you know, it's required for the utilization of calcium. So it, it actually magnetized calcium to go into the bone matrix and, and have the bone absorb the calcium. It's both a magnet and a funnel because it directs calcium into the bones and prevents it from going into the organs, the joints, the arteries by activating a hormone called osteocalcin. And it maintains bone mineral density by decreasing the number of osteoclasts, which are cells that break down bone. You're always remodeling bone. So you need a good balance between what is being broken down and what's being built up. It also activates a protein called GLA protein that inhibits calcifications of the arteries, hardening of the arteries, which causes high blood pressure, stroke, and heart attack. So it's a really important vitamin. Can we get enough from our diet? And if not, why are we deficient? Let me explain a few things. There are three different kinds of vitamin K, K1, K2, and K3. But K2 is the one that we're talking about here that helps with bone and decalcification. And it's composed of two different types, MK4 and MK7. MK4 is short-lived in the system, but MK7 lasts longer. And it is the most studied active form of vitamin K2. So it's been shown to help with bone and cardiovascular health. But most people don't consume enough in their diets to meet the needs to protect the bone and the heart. Sometimes you don't even absorb enough vitamin K. You need the, uh, the right microbiome or good bacteria that makes vitamin K in your intestines. And also there are medications like antibiotics, cholesterol-lowering drugs, and laxatives that contribute to the deficiency of K. So we really need to supplement with vitamin K in order to get the benefits of it. So since we don't get enough of it in our diets, besides supplementation, what is the best way to get it and what is the most effective dose? You know, the research has shown that the doses of 180 micrograms of MK7, which is a K2, that provides the best results when supporting bone and cardiovascular health. You know, keeping your microbiome healthy with probiotics and avoiding things like antibiotics when you can, a high sugar diet. But if you get these doses of 180 micrograms, they showed significant increases in not only bone density, but bone strength in postmenopausal women. And the calcification in tissues, you know, people get bone spurs and calcifications. It was reduced by 50%. And the ratio of the, the buildup and the breakdown was a good ratio. And this dose also increased the elasticity in the arteries and supported blood sugar metabolism and increased insulin sensitivity. So it reduces the risk of heart disease and diabetes. Dr. Mita, thank you so much for being here with us. If you would like to learn more about this topic, or if you'd like to learn more about Dr. Mita and her work, you can visit howtoliveyounger.com. We'll be right back. How did you sleep last night? Chances are not all that well. The National Sleep Foundation says only 80% of Americans get the recommended seven to eight hours of sleep per night. Now look around you. Is everything in its place? Are your papers filed? Are you on top of your appointments? Are you productive at work? Hi, I'm Gail Gruenberg, CPOCD, Chief Executive Organizer of Let's Get Organized. As a professional organizing firm, we help clients organize their lives as well as their homes. Sleep deprivation can lead to a host of challenges, including difficulty concentrating, memory processing, and higher level functions that take place in the frontal lobe, the center of executive function, such as planning, prioritizing, and categorizing. These are critical skills for being organized. What can you do? Create simple systems that are easy to maintain so you can 
can almost literally follow them with your eyes closed. Try a sleep hygiene routine that is conducive to a good night's rest. Limit beverages, especially those with caffeine after 4 p.m. Get enough exercise during the day. Yoga's deep breathing is especially good for settling down after an intense work day. Get fresh air. Bringing more oxygen to your brain helps you to be alert and think clearly. Need some help with creating systems for a good night's sleep? Call me, Gail Gruenberg, at 201-364-6833 or visit my website at lgorganized.com. Has the intimacy disappeared from your relationship? Do you feel isolated and lonely? Have you lost that special connection to your partner? Creating a baby together is one of the most intimate experiences a couple can share, but what happens when two plus one becomes three? Hi, I'm Renee Jensen, founder of My Time Out, an organization and community that supports positive mental health and wellness among mothers. Relationships on their own are hard to manage. Throw a kid or three into the mix and your success rate has the potential to plummet dramatically. You must schedule a date night every month. Time away from the kids to reconnect is crucial. You must not pass up opportunities to be alone. If you have sleepover resources, use them. One hot night a month without the kids can keep you feeling satisfied and connected until the next. You must put the technology away. No technological activity in the bedroom after an established time. If your partner is speaking to you, put your phone down or close your computer. They want your attention. You must not go to bed mad. Even if you are still upset, let it go until tomorrow. A good night's sleep can easily end an argument. You must always greet and leave each other with a kiss or a hug, no matter what. A little affection can go a long way. You must not ever give up. You can always reignite the flame. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Sometimes the grass is greener where you water it. For more mommy tips, visit MyTimeOut.com or on Facebook at MyTimeOutLLC. We all want to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Harriet Cabelli, a social worker and positive psychology coach who helps people grow through their challenges and rebuild their lives with renewed meaning and joy. Harriet is here today to discuss healing from loss. Welcome, Harriet. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joan. Great to be here. So, Harriet. As a person who has been through really traumatic loss, I understand what it's like to experience grief. How do you define grief and what does it look like when we are grieving a loss? Grief is the normal, normal and natural emotional response to any sort of loss, anything that's been meaningful and important in our lives. So People grieve over the loss of a job. People can grieve over the loss of any kind of relationship, even one that isn't due to death, such as someone moving away. So when we speak of loss, it's not only connected to death, and it's not indicative of a pathological condition or of any kind of a personality disorder. And I think that's very important to get out there because a lot of times people feel when they're grieving that there's something wrong with them, they need to take medication. So when you say, um, Joan, the second part of your question, what does it look like? Mm -hmm. It's important to realize that it's intense sadness and pain, but it looks different or it can look different in many people. People don't necessarily grieve the same. 
So it's, it's an emotional, intense reaction. And it also comes, in, in other words, there's no schedule, there's no timetable or calendar. And there's no such thing as getting over it, which we tend to want people to do. But it's unpredictable. And it can often come in waves, like, 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 like the ocean flooding us, waves of, of intensity. And then it could subside. And then out of nowhere, we could be in a grocery store or we could be listening to music in a car and suddenly something reminds us of of that grief, of that loss. Harry, when we see someone in pain, often we want to help that person. So how can we be of comfort or support and help someone who is grieving? The best way to be for people who are grieving is really just being there with a listening ear, with no judgment of time, with no sense of calendar or you've been down enough, we really need to help you move along, but just being a person who's there, it's holding their pain. And in terms of more concrete things, being proactive to meet their needs. People who are grieving and in pain aren't necessarily going to say, I need you to go shopping, maybe sit, do my laundry. They're stuck in their, in their hurt. But if you're someone who knows that person who is grieving and knows what they need, just being proactive, not even saying, can I bring you dinner? Can I do the laundry? Can I pick up your kids? But your kids are coming home. I'm going to be there or dropping dinner off. Just knowing that it's not necessarily going to come from the other person. Oftentimes we say, you know, let me know what you need or I'm here for you. Well, again, that puts the job on the person who's in pain. They're not necessarily going to be the one to reach out and say, oh, I remember uh, Susan called and said, you know, she's there for me. I'm going to call her back and say, well, now I need you. The person who's grieving is not in that position. So it behooves us, the, the, the supportive people, to be proactive in meeting the grievers' needs. Harriet, thank you so much for being here with us today and for providing strategies that can help us heal from loss and can also help us help those that we love that are experiencing pain. If you would like to get more information about Harriet and her work, you can visit rebuildlifenow.com. And as always, to hear more from Harriet, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com forward slash Harriet. We'll be right back. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, otherwise known as CBT, is an evidence-based, goal-oriented therapy used to treat a wide range of problems, including symptoms of depression and anxiety, and other concerns such as relationship conflict, work-related stress, and low self-confidence. Hi, I'm Donna Saccone, an integrative psychotherapist. CBT works by examining the relationship between our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and looks at how they shape our outlook in life. Our thought patterns are set up in childhood and become automatic and relatively fixed. Once we can recognize unhelpful or destructive thoughts, patterns, or beliefs, we can work towards replacing them with more positive and realistic ones. Here's what you can expect with CBT. The first step is identifying troubling situations in your life, for example, being fired or let go from your job. Next, you track your specific thoughts, beliefs, and emotions related to that situation. If you're angry and sad that you lost your job, you may think to yourself, I'm a failure, I can't do anything right. This type of thinking can cause a cycle of negativity and helplessness if nothing is done about. You can then challenge your thoughts by asking yourself if your perceptions are based on facts. You can also gather evidence to the contrary. For example, you can make a list of things you've been successful at. Working with a trained professional can help you change your faulty perceptions and manage your emotions so that you can better handle stressful situations. This process is incredibly empowering and your confidence will only strengthen over time when practiced on a regular basis. To learn more, connect with me at DonnaSacconi.com.
Do you hear yourself saying too many negative statements? Do you feel it's time to make a change and create a positive mindset? Hypnosis can help the positivity in you come out. Hi, I'm Mary Battaglia, and I'm a certified clinical hypnosis practitioner in Oradell, New Jersey. Every morning, reboot the mind by clearing the thoughts with self-hypnosis or meditation. It takes work on your part, so if you hear yourself saying negative statements, being judgmental of others, then stop and delete the thoughts and reframe them into positive ones. In hypnosis, we look to where the negativity is coming from within and find out why and what it needs to be removed. With hypnosis, you become more aware of what you are saying so you can easily change and create the new habit of a positive mindset. I'm Mary Battaglia, a certified clinical hypnosis practitioner, and you can find out more information at MetroHypnosisCenter.com. joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. While on the site, listen to Pasha's On Demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.